Let's, Let's get, get it. it. What's going on? What's really good? How you doing? How you feeling? It's another Thursday night. This is Chop Up Show. Glad to have you with us. It's your girl Toya G. Feeling good, feeling great. Uh, I'm on the way to my school break, so you can't tell me nothing right now. Hopefully, um, where you at and what you doing got you feeling good, got you in spring mode. I know out here in Southern California, it's been doing a whole lot of raining, and I know one person who can agree with that is my boy, the political plug. Uh, who's here with me tonight, about to have some great conversations, get into some things. Shout out to everybody in the comments. Girl, Nettles pulled up early. Danielle C was good. Glad that you are meeting us in 2023 officially. It's never a bad time. It's never too late to tune in to the top of, Chop Up Show. Uh, Tori J was good with you, Hood Therapy, J Universe. I'm glad y'all with us tonight. The plug is representing the consciously professional uh, shit talker, so make sure y'all go grab those hoodies real quick. Don't miss out on those. Uh, but plug, what's good? What's great? How you feeling? What are we talking about tonight? Man, so I, I made my return to TikTok. <laughs> I've been making enemies. I've been making enemies on TikTok uh, in my spare time. But you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what it is. I, I'm gonna bring some of them beefs over there because I got some. I got some niggas that's challenging me for on some debates uh, about racism on what's TikTok. So it's like, hey, I got a whole platform to give niggas that smoke. Uh, so yeah, I'm with it. What are we talking about tonight? As you take well, it, I mean, head. I mean, we got the Trump conversation, but then uh-huh. we got it. We got we we have to have a conversation about the black agenda. You know what I mean? We do. Uh, um, where should we start? Let's start with Trump. Let's go ahead and get some of that business out of the way because I know a lot of people been on the edge of their seats trying to figure out this craziness that's been stirred up both by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office but also by Trump himself on uh, uh some social media platforms. So, what's what's going on with Donald Trump right now? All right, so to fill y'all in, Donald Trump punked the world when he uh, put, he didn't necessarily tweet, but he he did what's called a, a, a truth on on uh, Truth Social. Truth where he Social. said that, uh, like, going into the weekend last week, Donald Trump made the claim that he will be uh, arrested. <laughs> He'll be indicted by the Manhattan District Attorney, uh, so mm-hmm. he will be getting arrested on Tuesday. Uh, we all waited on bated breath to see uh, what would come from that. Uh, prepared to be able to react. He called for protests, right, in light of him being arrested. And so uh, the, the world was really sitting back waiting Tuesday mm-hmm. and was disappointed. We all was disappointed because Tuesday came and Tuesday went, nothing happened. Wednesday came, uh, uh, Wednesday went, nothing happened. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, from what I understand about it, though, is like it was a big game kind of being played by Trump, and it was his move to both incite his followers and, you know, his people that are in the world of Trumpism, but also, you know, he tries to be the master of spin. And so I think he, his goal ultimately was to to make us believe that Tuesday was going to be some big day, which from what I understand, Manhattan District Attorney's Office was like, we still got a lot of things still unfolding, a lot of conversations still being happening, grand juries are still being organized and that whole process is being solidified. So he he just did that for y'all. He never said that. No, so... So they so they got the uh, so they got the grand jury. Uh, the issue was just more so 
It's a, it, there's a lot of conversation surrounding like how strong the case is. And, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that. But me, typically, I'm not one to, to harp on like political celebrities. Mm-hmm. Right. Like once once Obama was just a, was just a celebrity that was an ex-president. I, it's like, all right, we we can talk about his legacy, but harping on oh Obama, Obama don't make no sense because we got a current president that we need to be vigilant of, right? And that was that was Donald Trump yeah. at the time. I like it, especially at a, certain, at a certain extent. After some time to transition and see how new things are happening, we need to be locked into what's happening now. Right. I mean, again, there are there are moments where there's a relevancy associated with the legacy of Barack Obama and being the drone strike president. Right. Those conversations are there. But the constant Obama, Obama, Obama that was coming out of the Trump administration was aggravating. And it was like, nigga, you president. You know what I'm saying? Like all this shit you blaming Obama for. You've been here two, three years. Right. So what ended up happening is. uh after Trump made these claims, right? I get, I ain't really trying to have this conversation, but this is this is what's out there right now. So we got to talk about Trump. You feel me right now? Because the man is a good chance he's going to jail. Mm. Uh, Nettles asked the question: This Trump stuff will it affect the common person like you? There is a common person conversation associated with this Trump stuff, and we go. That's the second part of this dialogue. But as we, the reason why I want to talk about what's going on with Trump legally is because I want to address. The different ways that these legal conversations and these questions of law and order, right? People play around with them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mental gymnastics about because, like, we grew up on you know, you do the crime, you do the time, right? Like, there's no ambiguity about you know, like if you commit a crime, if they should do it, if they shouldn't. What about your life? What about these other circumstances? Nah, that yeah. never happened with regular people. Yeah, right. But with Donald Trump, we start we we are really seeing like people questioning, but well, should they, you know, they got evidence for it, but you know, it's not common, you know, that, that type of shit. And so I want to start out by first pointing out that this man should already be in jail. The amount of legal trouble he is currently under, he should already be locked up. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the first case, and this is the Manhattan um, district attorney case where he's in trouble for hush money payments. Okay. Donald Trump, after he became president. Gave money to Michael Cohen to pay uh, ex porn star Stormy Daniels True. to uh, to for her to not run her mouth. Right? They disguised it as like legal work, which is illegal in the state of California. I would say state of California in the state of New York. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is it would be a misdemeanor, but because the statute of limitations are approaching, it they they uh, they they've raised it to the level of a felony. To be able to make sure that they can carry out the actual, you know, holding them accountable for like misdocumenting it purposely, right? Changing documents and information to cover right. up hush money payments, right? The issue, the issue with this particular case with Donald Trump is that they're they're saying that, well, you know, it's it, it it's one of those iffy things, right? It's it's you know, people do it and it's it's kind it's illegal. But you know, people don't they don't prosecute for it, right? It's not something that they that they follow through with. It's, it's, it, it doesn't seem that strong. The evidence clearly points to Donald Trump giving money to then lawyer Michael Cohen, who then clearly said that it was for one thing and admitted that what he used the money for was for something else. Can I clarify something real quick? Is Michael Cohen currently in prison? Michael Cohen is out of prison. He he, he was go? locked up. He did go to jail. Okay. He did go to jail. So he was um, dealing with a dishonest person and already did his time for his improper. In, 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 
for his in, in, inappropriate behavior, impropriety. Right. I think I was yeah. the word I'm looking for. But Michael, yeah. Michael Cohen did time for shit that he did for Donald Trump. So I'm just saying, like in terms of arrows pointing at the 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 guilt, you're doing business with dirty people who have already been convinced by the law. Ain't that how niggas get wrapped up? Wasn't you with such but, and such and so and but so? But that's but that's why he got him. That's why he got. Him. You said that's why I got what? Hmm. I can't hear you. Yeah. Hey, chat, tell us real quick if y'all can hear the plug or if that's just me. I can't hear him right now. Um, But what I will say, even as he goes out and comes back, is, you know, a lot of this funny business with Stormy Daniels is wrapped up with a lot of the misogynist politics. And I think, okay, so Siobhan, I wasn't tripping. Um, and he's back. But I think we also one of the questions I've been wondering about and thinking about in relationships. Uh, yeah, I can hear you now. But here's what I wanted to pose real quick because right. we look at this Stormy Daniels situation, but this is not our first time hearing her name. You right. know, we we heard him with the grabbing by the p word. We had so many different, a number of different opportunities to get him, and I think people are catching Trump fatigue. So a lot of people aren't sure whether to look at all of this hoopla that he's been causing. Thank y'all for popping in and letting us know what's going on. I think a lot of people you know, have, have looked at this, this is just another chapter of Dame about to get that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Versus um, a, a, a real chance to really take him and put him. So I think that's why people are in some ways are disinterested. That's why I think uh, Girl Nettles was like, how does this really affect me on a personal day-to-day level? It's just because we've been getting so excited about the chance to finally get him. Are these really real opportunities? But you were in the middle of listing um, all of the different ways that the legal system is working against him. So I don't want to interrupt that at all because I'm loving understanding how Trump is going to get uh, cut off at the knees. So what else about the Manhattan District Attorney's office? Or is there a second example you want to start putting on the table for how he might be uh, wrapped up? So uh, I'll go ahead and start jumping in on the second example. He'll come in and clean up whatever I miss, uh, if anything, explain. But the second way that Donald Trump is on the chopping block in terms of the legal system is, of course, in Georgia, right? Now, y'all remember back in the elections when he was scrambling for ballots and scrambling for votes, he was attempting to persuade the the ballot counters in the state, and if I'm not mistaken, the governor of the state of Georgia, specifically in Fulton County, to find the votes for him, right? That was language he used. It was, I think, either recorded in a phone call or extracted from text messages or um, emails but they gonna get them for tampering in these elections, and I think that is very interesting um, because I don't. I, 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 you would hope that if convicted of tamper, with, of election tampering, of attempting to, you know, betray the uh, democratic system and the democratic process, that all those Trumpites, all those people under the cloak of Trumpism, would give up the, you know, the stop the steal allegations or the idea that the elections are stolen. But I doubt that. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's kind of hard to, I, I don't. I just don't know how he gets out of that one, right? I think the Stormy Daniels business, that's what I was kind of getting at a minute ago. We already been going back and forth about that. I mean, it's been years. Stormy Daniels, I think, done wrote a book. She did press tours, a lot of conversations about that. We know the Manhattan District Attorney Office is not playing no more, right? We know that um, on top of Alvin Bragg, we got Letitia James, who we talked about a lot on the show. We even had a couple different segments about her in the past, but it seems as though they're not, they not stepping light. But I don't know. Like, I feel like he might be able to wiggle and shimmy shake. Because from what I hear, he's going to stand to lose millions and won't be able to buy a hot dog. 
in New York if he's end up guilty. But we've we've heard Stormy Daniels in this whole situation be kind of judged and you know questioned before. So who knows? But with this Georgia stuff, I'm 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 just kind of I'm tempted to believe that. I, how do you how do you get out of that? Like it's physical proof that explains and describes him being like, go find me some ballots where they at, which only strengthens the idea that he wanted to steal the election, not that it was stolen from him, right? Third example that um, I think we get from Trump potentially being under the long arm of the law is what's going on in Mar-a-Lago, right? We know that that investigation is still underway and that uh, apparently he was hiding documents, classified documents that he wasn't supposed to have, that he wasn't supposed to be obtaining, and that they've gone down there and searched and found uh, those particular documents. And so untangling that, figuring out what that means for the Trump era, um, especially as you attempt to run for president. I mean, any of these convictions nullify your chance to be a future president, right? And disgrace. I think I think it's not only going to disgrace his legacy, but his entire party, right? I think Trump being convicted, and y'all let me know if y'all feel like this is the case. Do y'all feel like Trump is so much of a polarizing figure that conservatives and Republicans will eventually or even immediately be able to distance themselves from him? Or do y'all feel like Trump is so radioactive and so toxic and they put so much stock and standing behind him that it's going to really, if Trump being convicted is really going to deteriorate how people look at the whole Republican Party. I'll re-ask my question. And plug, I want you to, I want you to chime in on this real quick. Mm-hmm. Right? If Trump is convicted, do mm-hmm. you feel like either immediately or down the road, the Republican Party is going to be able to get the Trump stink off of them and redeem themselves. Because it's one thing to just be a polarizing figure. It's another thing to have elected and stood behind a criminal. Nah. Right? Uh, Or do you think that they're going to be able to just be like, nah. Uh, No, or are they going to have to eat that? Do you feel like the party will suffer because of their no, they gotta they they gotta eat that. Like Donald Trump has set the Republican Party back like decades, huh. like decades. Like what people don't recognize is that before Trump, when uh, Republicans lost to Obama the second time with Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan, they after that like ass whooping that, that they got, they had a come to Jesus meeting. Mm-mm. One of the things like they literally had a they they had an audit of the party. They had an audit of what the party stood for. They had an audit what the party represented. Right. And what they under and what they recognize that on cert on on certain social issues, not progressive issues, but just social issues in general, they recognize that they was behind the times. Yeah. That the reason why Obama was able to build such a reliable base around what he stood for around that message of hope is because it was this thing called the Obama coalition. It was a bunch of different eth- like not ethnic groups, but just a bunch of different voting groups that mm-hmm. typically didn't vote in unison. These people didn't typically vote with these people, but when it came yeah. to Obama, they was able to do that because of his talking point, talking points, what he represented. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> my, my son broke out of his crib to say hello. My boy, Hugh, good evening. <laughs> but no, you know, I think, you know, you say you feel like it'll be a turning point. You feel like this will be a pivotal kind of wake up point. I think Gronetto says 50-50, right? They say uh it could go either way they might double down you don't uh remember how for real they were january 6th they don't care right this a ruthless bunch and that was going to be the third example while you were gone we finished talking about you know the manhattan district attorney's office 
we slid into talking a little bit about what's going on in Georgia. And mm -hmm. then we kind of talked a bit now. We're talking about what's happening in terms of these documents at Mar-a-Lago. And I feel like stealing government documents should be the pinnacle of you can't be trusting, of treasonous behavior, of behavior that should make us skeptical in you and your party. So you and the niggas behind you should be, you know what I'm saying? Like, should, we should scrutinize that. And Baby Nettles is saying, like, they don't care. They down the ride. I think even Apocalypse said, I think the followers will go the persecution route and get riled up even more. Right. They, they I mean, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think they, nah, we, I, didn't hear about, we, I didn't hear about no protests uh, on Tuesday. So no, nah, no, nah, it, it was it was light. Um, because what we, got, what we got to recognize is they go with the winners who can win. If Donald Trump wouldn't have wouldn't have got the nomination in 2016 and won, he wouldn't be relevant to them no more because yeah. he would be considered somebody uh, not viable. Like we tried it and work, you know what I'm saying? And work like that. The only reason why. Like Republicans got behind him the way that they did was because he had that type of aura of I'm a winner. I can get people around me. I'm I can I can go against the grain. He's like I can he can be... shoot somebody in the street and I go to jail. Doesn't he say that? Exactly. All, all of that, but but that stemmed from the people that support Donald Trump were the people that Republicans were about to abandon. Uh, the Tea Party. Ironically enough, yeah. Right. The people who support Donald. So so this entire group that Donald Trump that that rallied around Donald Trump. We're, we're about to become the pariahs. They was about to be the people that was rejected mm -hmm. because Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden because it was it like uh, it was as as crazy as it was because he lost Georgia. Right. For example. Um, and, and listen, I listened to the entire 60 something minutes of uh, of Donald Trump, like really like asking them for votes. You feel me? You don't find for like tens of thousands of votes. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? That's not something you don't you can't you don't come across tens of thousands of votes. It don't no. work like that. You I find I can find you about 200, 250. Right. And so and so the election claims has had destroyed Trump's um um viability, right? And and when we see this with everything that's coming out with the Fox News Dominion lawsuit, like there Fox News was like, yo, this shit is wild that we even putting this shit on the air. Yeah. So once Donald Trump lost. It was even people within Fox News that were saying straight up, like, thank God we ain't got to talk about him no more. Like, I mean, this is done. So I want to And, 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 Ron DeSantis, and, and the last point I make on this is Ron DeSantis is next up. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is the one that, that, like, he, that's who everybody's rallying around right now. And his and his battle is the woke war. It's not, it's not you know, embracing racism in and of itself, it's but it's fighting the idea of wokeness, right? Yeah, to abandon a reliance on that is a good thing. I wanted to get to kind of some of these other comments on it because Donnell says uh, he always breaks the barrier for what he could get away with. The only bright side is that they tend to be older. The momentum is behind millennials and, and later generations. And I think that cut, cuts both ways. I think later generations are the Ron DeSantis's, right? Like we got to remember Trump is old as shit too. And so they are attempting to appeal to probably a baby boomer generation, understanding that those people are in a very sensitive place where they're not quite as liberal as your uh, Gen Xers, right? Those are their kids. But at the same time, they're not as old as some of the people in power now. They in they 50s, 60s, early 70s, ready to get down and really kind of ride for some shit, some beliefs, some ideologies, some values that we've transitioned out of. Uh, Gronetto says, listen, Trump should win again. People hate Biden so much. If Trump if Trump beats the charges, he may win the election. And I don't disagree with that. We definitely did have a appearance by but our see, I, so shout out but see, to I gotta, plug. I gotta push back against that though. Why? Like that's what I'm like, because I feel like that type of defeatism, like that approach 
is it it what made it's what made him possible in the first place, but then that perspective also was proven to be wrong in and when he lost in twenty twenty. You feel me? Like it, it's because when it comes to like liberals and leftists or like really liberals, Joe Biden ain't disappointing them. Like Joe Biden is not doing things that's like that's 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 making people feel like man the Democratic Party back still what they ain't doing nah like Joe Biden is doing like he got Kitaji Brown Jackson he yeah. has Kamala Harris with all the criticism associated with it he's passed certain bills associated with um uh, uh they got to do with like certain forms of federal police reform and those type of things so it's it yeah it's just that Trump and them are louder and they, it, they you know what I'm saying that shit make more noise. So it's easy for us to fall into, oh, he, yeah, he's just going to get reelected again. But nah, like liberals are happy with Joe Biden. They're not just saying that he's just getting by. Like, nah, like he is to them, like for when they wanted that normal back with, with a little with a little uh, dash of DEI, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that's like that's what they're getting. Like he's he's doing that in a lot of ways. He's being the moderate that he that, that they wanted him to be. Right, which yeah. is frustrating for us leftists because it's like, man, that we don't we don't go we harder. Said, yeah, we ain't moved by that. We ain't impressed by that shit. But everybody else is yeah. like, the 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 trains are running as they should. Well, like you said, a little bit of splash of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. We are gonna make sure to do this to forward these faces to make sure we say these particular groups' names. All of these interesting approaches, Shafan, and I'm gonna turn it back over to you to talk about the six, the January six riots before we move on through the rest of it. Uh, Shavon says, I think uh, many will still not denounce him, but will push that it was in the past nonsense and try to separate themselves from his antics in that era in that pocket of time. I think the stink is gonna resonate with them a little bit longer. They're not gonna. I don't think Democrats are gonna let them off like that. But at the same time, we already know the Democrats don't really know how to stick it to a party the same way the party had, the Republicans have learned how to stick it to the Democrats in ways that it matters. So I don't really know outside of using it as, you know, talking points if it really matters. Last thing I want to point out is Girl Nettles who says, I'm not being defeatist. I'm just saying we got work to do and don't sleep on. And I think they're intentionally typing rump uh, is in the ass. So I, I put the T on there out of respect. But even even, even if not, in, even if not intentional, um, we love it. That was like a happy, a happy coincidence. And so, oh. I mean, yeah, I think the, the, the we's, the Democrats, the whomevers, however you kind of situate yourself, I think if you want to push back against, um, shoot, honestly, Big Trump or Baby Trump, a.k.a. Ron DeSantis, some some better strategizing got to happen. Yeah, I mean, no, nah, I think, uh, like, and that's what I'm saying. So, that, like, the, the last thing, because if we, if we add them up, right, you have the, uh, the Hush Money case, the Mar-a-Lago documents case. The um, what was the third one? Georgia, the, uh, Georgia, looking for votes. Rico case. What's the and, last? One? And what was the last one? January six. January. Oh yeah, the Jane, the uh, uh, Jack Smith investigation with January six. Right. That's four. That's four investigations mm-hmm. on top of him being sued <laughs> by E. Jean Carroll for rape. That's five. Five. And because she just she just recently won a motion where it was certain evidence Trump wanted dismissed that they was able to admit. So five legal issues that Trump is dealing with at the same time. Right. Mm. What becomes frustrating is that amongst these different conversations are questions of whether or not Trump should be convicted of whether or not they should actually go forward with certain things. Will it make him stronger? Will it make him more powerful? Right. Uh, you, you have people saying, well, it's unprecedented for this to happen. Right. You even they're even going as far uh, as, as sending letters from Congress to call into question, uh, like really straight up, like whether or not 
a district attorney should be investigating a, a, a citizen of his uh, jurisdiction, right? So it's all of the it's all of this ambiguity around well, what we should do with Trump and all this other shit. Yeah, but it's like, how many different ways can they tell us that that we have two completely different justice systems? Like everybody else is looking at it like, yeah, they need to get them. This is a good thing, and it's like, no. That how this conversation is taking place is kind of productive because it's displaying the ways in which the laws can be interpreted differently for people in power. But when it comes to people like us, it's if when you do the crime, you do the time. You know what's unique about that for me too is there how he is so captivating to certain people because you know white people like you know love to be like you know we poor too. We don't have access to education too. We struggling too. Our communities are forgotten about too. They shit on us too. And then they still, the same poor white people still go rally around a nigga who is very clearly being treated different than you, that has different priorities than you, that would shit on you if he right. got the opportunity to, outside of his ability to tantalize you enough to vote for him. So right. I think that's always been the disconnect, is that like, you want to make yourself similar to niggas so bad. Your plight ain't no more special than mine. I go through this, I go through that, but for whatever reason, race. The ability to understand the racialized context of power and how shit plays out for some mm-hmm. reason has you making these points of departure away from us, even though we so much alike and our struggles are so much the same and black people ain't special. <laughs> Excuse me. But when you want it to be relevant, you separate yourself and follow the white man. And the one, the white man who very clearly just has a different orientation toward life than you do. So it's really weird. Um Girl Nettles, and I, I don't want to cut to that too soon, but I do want to shout out these AI pictures of Trump getting arrested. That fooled a lot of people. They even had me. I wish we had them so we could pull them up. I should have sent them uh, to post them on the screen. Yeah, so but, I don't get caught up. I don't get caught with you. I don't get. I ain't even know that it was some fake pictures out there. Listen, I was looking for the headlines. I'm, I'm bro, all I'm looking is checking the headlines. Uh, let me see. I, I mean, do it the janky way. Why you? Why you talking? And pull them up real quick. But I, I think I think ultimately, like this is where we need to start recognizing where our political, uh, like our political focus should be. Like if I if I'm being 100 percent honest, I would much rather have politicians that is just saying, hey, other people, other powerful people, we're going to work to make sure that when they break the law, they actually deal with the consequences of breaking the law. Like they keep talking about how, how unprecedented. So these are AI generated photos. They wouldn't even have did that though. But like say, Trump, more yeah, than likely, Trump better, ain't gonna get it. Look, just look, just like what, what? AI did this, bro. One more, one more. <laughs> like AI is scary as hell. We're gonna have some time. That's super petty as well. But if you that's just get super on Twitter, petty or even Google, I bet, and just type in Trump arrested AI, I'm sure you will see the pictures. I mean, if, if, here's the thing. If you pay enough attention, you'll see that like that police officer is kind of blurry. I wish we had the picture of, but has like five, seven fingers. And they're all like really curly and weird. In this picture, they're just too many legs going in too many directions. So like, what the F is going on here? Now, this is the one that I buy the most, but I don't think Trump can run that fast. So the strides are just off. You see what I'm saying? I don't think he would have ran either. Like they think like what would yeah, you know I mean, because it wasn't even like they was gonna they like they wasn't gonna put him in jail. They was gonna he, he, he'd be indicted. Yeah, yeah, I it did. Like I, I wouldn't have. Like I'm it's glad I didn't see it. I'm all, judging you. I'm, I'm judging you. Look for yourselves and get into a plug. They, they actually but, out here, man. 
But the uh, but the last part I want to add to this conversation is in terms of like our political focus and, and what matters to us as we go into because again we in twenty twenty three the next the next presidential election is twenty twenty four all right we just had I mean elections that we just the, the midterms that we just went through mm-hmm. and I mean if y'all want to recap of those y'all just go check on the channel um on our podcast playlist of the episode that I did about uh, when I recapped the uh, the midterms yeah. but what needs what I what I feel more comfortable with is if politicians was just like we are gonna hold other politicians accountable. Like I don't I don't want I don't want to hear you talk about racism. I'm done with that. I I don't want to hear you talk about DEI. I don't want to hear you talk about diversity. I don't want to hear you talk because like I already know that it's very little that that any of these politicians can actually produce on their own exactly. and without a focus of anybody else. So don't talk to me about that. But the thing you can do is when your when when your colleague because that's what y'all are. Democrat, Republican alike, y'all are colleagues. Mm-hmm. When your colleague is doing something illegal, even if a conservative, I'll vote for other conservatives. Conservatives, y'all can pull me over if we if they are at least saying we are we, we are holding other people accountable, yeah. other conservatives accountable. I'll vote for a conservative that say that. Did I just mess up my mic? No, you good. Okay. Yeah. I'll vote, I will I will vote for a conservative that says that. You know what I mean? It, I, it it wouldn't turn into like because conservatives don't do half the shit they say for the conservatives anyway. So the, the lies the lies that they telling about the racist shit that they go endorse, they not gonna do that. But at least if we can if we can come to an agreement, racist white man, uh uh uh, uh what is what the, like black conservative, if we can come to an agreement that hey, how about the people in power hold? We can disagree. Me and you, we can have these ideological differences. The people that are in power though. Like, how about we make sure that at least when they commit crimes, they got to deal with the same legal system we deal with? Yeah. Can we focus on that? We, you ain't got to talk about DEI. Let's make that equal opportunity lock their ass up. Yeah. Not lock up our political opponent, not lock up the person that vote differently, but the nigga who actually committed a crime. I mean, and that's everybody wants to say, oh, well, the attempts to lock up Trump are so political. It's playing politics. This is all. That was, the, you know, the whole argument or is the whole argument from conservatives toward um you know alvin bragg and the manhattan district attorney's offices this is just them playing politics and this this, and that but let's think about it if you take a step back and you look back at hillary trump uh, hillary hillary trump hillary clinton what was what was the motto no matter no matter where she turned her head where she appeared what was the rally cry lock her up Period. Lock, Lock her, her up. up, which was a whole bunch yeah. of political nonsense, a whole bunch of political theater, and a whole bunch of all to do for nothing because the lady didn't commit no crimes, was investigated and found to not have been committing no crimes, and they would still lock her up, lock her up, lock her up, Channing. So even the justice system that they say they believe in vindicated her, and that wasn't enough. But all of a sudden, when it's time for Trump to get his, and he did the shit he did, he guilty oh, five good, different man. ways. Right. If he didn't rape somebody, he was trying to steal votes. If he wasn't trying to steal votes, he was paying for uh, hush money for 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 sexual uh, uh, misconduct in his relationship. If he wasn't doing that, he was inciting riots and shit on January 6th. (laughs) Like pick a pick one, pick one. But he did it. And now all of a sudden, when people like lock him up, lock him up, it's politics. We play politics. I I even think, though, even more so like. Y'all have a problem with critical race theory or critical legal studies and looking at the law and saying, hmm, something ain't right as it pertains to race, right? How the law is being interpreted is is not right as it pertains to race because of the patriarchy too, for sure. Exactly, yeah. 
but they, like us claiming that there are these that that there are racial um disparities that exist in the legal system. Nah, that man, y'all just making that up. Black people commit crimes, whatever. I'm not trying to hear it. But literally, because he's a Democrat, is enough for Congress to send the man a letter talking about we need to look into what you're doing because he's a Democrat. Come on, bro. So I mean, so ultimately, it yeah. you don't have to. I'm not. I'm not telling y'all this information to be like let's let's watch Trump as every action, whatever. I personally would enjoy seeing you know him getting locked up, whatever. It ain't got nothing to do with the larger question of black people as a whole. But damn it, somebody that committed a crime in positions of power that have tried to skirt across it, that have tried to act like that, that the legal system don't apply to them when it finally do. Damn it, about time. Yeah, I ain't, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna dismiss it just because it find it, it took too long, and it's still the same legal system. It's still wrong, but damn it, if he gets something right, it's a reason. It's, it's a reason to celebrate. But at, but at the same time, we as black people need to be looking at these situations and these circumstances and understanding. What, like when we talk about holding politicians accountable, we don't need to care about the conversations that they have and the pander to our cultural interests. Are you doing your job? Mm-hmm. Are you holding your people accountable? Are you looking at your colleagues and when they break the law saying, hey, that ain't what represent what we do. You we got to get you up out of here. George Santos is still in the House of Representatives, people. Yeah. This man like, that has... Quiet. Stop talking. If you just be quiet, it'll all go away. But, uh, but stuff comes out. He's a scam artist. Stuff comes out about him every day. Mm-hmm. He's still in the House of Representatives. That's telling me that people that all you got to do is get to that side and they will rock with your criminality or whatever. You know what I mean? So, like, we as a people need to be focused on the question of, like, h- how do we hold, make sure that these people are being held accountable? And, and w- especially when we put them in positions of power. Yeah. We you ain't got to agree. So, your, your politics, your outlook can be different. And elections 50-50. Some, your side wins sometimes. The other side wins sometimes. You wait until everybody else get another chance to show back up. And... Win the ballots they can and change some shit. Do some shit another way. That is just a part of being a, a generational participant in the way that politics works. Uh, and that's fine. But when you break the law, you should just have to pay for those penalties, right? I can deal with... Law oh, and order president. Time. You know what I'm saying? But come on now. The jokes write themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes write themselves. Uh, but that's the that. What's up to Win a Dragon for popping in here? Um, and shout out to everybody in the comments for helping us push through some of this political chop and think about some things. We can transition though, because now we're not talking about Trump. Now we really are talking about some shit that affect us on a day to day, the um, from moment to moment type level. So, plug. What's the next conversation we're having? So the next dialogue we're about to get into is about a phrase that is very ambiguous, mm-hmm. but it has impact: the black agenda. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because so more re- more recently, what's happening specifically to those people who are uh, aware of the uh, YouTube community, um, Michi X, you know what I'm saying, um, is putting together a Black Agenda conference. She has a Black mm-hmm. Agenda website, conference website, um, where and we and we're gonna talk about a few of the things that's important to them. Uh, but it 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 sparked a conversation uh, about. Like what that actually is. I mean, who's included in it and how it clashes. You know what I'm saying? If there are things that clash, you feel me? So um to get it started, Toya, what what like what was some of the what was some of the conversation you were saying that was that uh that was important 
as we go into this election cycle to think right. about when we talk about the uh, black agenda? So first thing, two things. One, when I came across this organization, what, what's the name of the organization? The black. Uh, let me look at it. Look, look it up so I can make sure I'm talking about the organization correctly. But I came across this video on IG and my first impulse was to be like, you know, um, every other community has an agenda. Right. We always kind of throw around the, the the gay agenda for good, bad or right or wrong or indifferent. But they seem to have an agenda. Um, uh, Latin people. Right. And their focus is on rights, on immigration. Like it always seems like black people get so upset about the fact that these other communities either have an agenda or have agenda items that are being pushed, that are being um, pressed, that are people are rallying for and rallying around. But everybody's favorite comment is like, you know, black people ain't got no comments, uh, you know, no, no really stake in nothing. They don't really have anybody pushing for their specific needs or our specific needs or what happens to us and then turn and, and really redressing that. And so, you know, I'm looking at right now, it's March 2023. We know election season and the election engine is revving. We already had midterm elections. We already had a lot of big conversations. We looked at the um, cost of having Herschel Walker uh, versus uh, the Raphael Reverend Warnock. Yeah, Raphael Warnock and, you know, his position. Like, th these are big stake things that we have going. And so I just started to really think back to, you know, the elections in 2020 and how there was a really a lot of conversation around the black agenda. Trump had ideas and specific plans. Was it the platinum plan for mm -hmm. black people in specific ways? He wanted to kind of appeal to us and our agenda and what we wanted and what we needed for our communities and talk about what he could provide. And then we know that for better or for worse, Ice Cube popped out and was like, hey, we need to be having serious direct conversations with the power that powers that be about what our needs are, what our community needs, what this, you know, what, what our agenda is, what mm -hmm. matters to us so that they can put that on that part, their priority list and push it. And, you know, that got a lot of different varying feedback. A lot of people were either saying, bro, who elected you to be the representative for the niggas who, you know, but also kudos and shout out to a hip hop artist and somebody in music who we always criticize. Some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> we always criticize musicians for, you know, not doing enough or just, you know, saying the wrong things or not being politically active. So shout out to somebody in that field, um, both, you know, a producer, a musician, an actor at this point, jumping in and being like, what's the vibes? Here's what we can do. And so I, I think that just really started to get me thinking about what, and it's not the first time, right? As black people, we have had to sit and consider what the black agenda is, what's on it, how we negotiate, how we prioritize what that mm. list is and how we go about accessing some things. And so it really got me thinking and very interested in how we go from that. So the organization that created the video is called the Black Agenda Movement, right? The Black mm. Agenda Movement. And they are an organization that the plug kind of looked into, but that's what we were getting with the Michi X and some of the other major role players who are actually holding a conference, right? So uh, the the caption on the video that I came across about the Black uh, black Agenda Movement's new actions are as follows. They say, meet me in Atlanta for the Black Agenda Conference. We won't just be talking. We're bringing solution sessions to equip you to be the best or to be the change we seek because nobody is coming to save us. That's our job. Let's get to it. Um, I, this one is in Atlanta. From what I saw in the comments, this is not the first uh, conference of its type, but whether these conversations move around the country, including one being up in Seattle, um, and I think the dates of this are coming up in April, like April 24th, 25th, something like that. So an opportunity, yeah, the Black Agenda Conference is April 22nd and 23rd, uh, like I said, in Atlanta, Georgia. 
and you can go to the Black Agenda Movement at the Black Agenda Movement on Instagram to learn more about it. But that's what got me thinking. Just like, how are we approaching agenda setting in 2023 for Black people, particularly if we're taking the same strategy as the Donald Trumps and even Ice Cubes is making specific demands on major stakeholders and role players that make the decisions that lead this country, right? So what 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 are you thinking? What are you pulling up? So when it so all right, so this is the thing about the black agenda and just like as a concept, right? I feel like we can't make this we can't make the argument that blackness is not monolithic and then assume that we can have like a singular agenda. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it just it it just don't work like that. Like like black people want different like it black people want a con I have a common goal but want different things. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I think it, it becomes kind of productive because what ends up happening is people start looking at, at stuff like uh, what 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 fits within it is is the things that look like they blackness. Mm-hmm. But anything that anything that's outside of what they blackness look like shouldn't be a part of the black agenda. You know what I mean? And so I, the, the problem that we run into is like understanding that, okay, we have a common goal, but it's different things that we want at the end of that. So it's like it, it's more so the way the way the way that I would typically frame it is like I like what I think the black agenda should be is just black autonomy, black mm-hmm. people being able to pursue things in life without having to deal with the stress and the the complications of racism, the barriers of racism and white supremacy and you know what I mean and anti blackness. You because like all like a, a lot of things that black people don't do. Like we even had we even have a segment that we that we gonna re-explore at, at some point, but black people don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and it's like black people don't do this, black people don't do that. Like black people ain't worried about this type of thing. Black people ain't focused on this, and it's like nigga, it's, if it's something in the world that's happening, it's black people that's focused on it, good and bad. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, also, like, so the, the 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 goal of the black agenda should be challenging the things that creates barriers for black people, regardless of what it is. Like, now again, we're talking about things that are that are I ain't gonna say productive for the black community, but that's not detrimental, you know what I'm saying, to black people and, and what black people care about. So here's an obstacle that I deal with when I hear you talk about black autonomy, right? Is you specifically describe it as a dealing and a grappling with and a removal of barriers that keep black people from basically doing and living how they want to. But what do we do and how do we navigate um Black people being those barriers or those obstacles for other Black people, right? So, for example, right, the autonomy to be queer, right, is mm-hmm. the ability to determine whether it be gender expression or sexual sexual orientation or both, what that is. But there are people who have the perception that that lifestyle is bad um, for the Black community or that it seeps into and over into and bleeds and indoctrinates and tantalizes and um, influences, you know, young people or old people or whatever to do things that people feel like is detrimental to the Black community, right? Then that's where I, I kind of like that Black autonomy. I think it becomes under question because then you have other Black people undermining other Black people's Black autonomy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's so Like, what, what do you think about that? So that so that's where I say, that's where I say it's it's that like when if your blackness undermines the autonomy of somebody else's blackness, then it's anti-black. 
Right. And and I, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead by, by pointing this out, but this mm -hmm. is like the clash between when people say like the black agenda and the gay agenda. Right. Like as if there aren't any gay black people or people have to choose between their blackness and their gayness. Or, yeah, you know, here's my favorite. Um, the, the, the feminist agenda. Right. There's a guy that I follow who I have and it's turned in the past since had a lot of respect for named Mike Rashid, who. Uh, is a boxer, big cocky dude, like um, has just really been the presence, I guess, in that particular. Um, and he been on his feminism is bullshit grind here lately. And I'm like, no, we lost you, bro. This was not about, this was not the vibes beforehand, but really very critical of feminism. I don't think he really dates a lot of black women, but the way that feminism, you know, instead of calling it black, it's new age feminism and how, you right. know, black women see themselves and understand themselves as role players and leaders on certain issues, right? For a lot of people, that's not it, right? I think even one of the individuals who you talked about who was shaping the, the Black Agenda Conference is an individual who has a certain political orientation that might undermine black women being in the driver's seat in certain instances. And so that's where I'm just like, so like are we calling them anti-white too? Them. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for sure. I think, I think I stand by the statement um, that, you know, there are like, you, you can't say you care about black people if you don't care about gay black people. You can't say you don't care about black people. If you say, if you, if, if, if that's not including black women or, mm. or any type of, you know what I'm saying? Like outside of the norm of the, the traditional patriarchy, right? Like it, if, if if everything outside of that norm is excluded and all of those things are different agendas to you, then that's anti-black, right? Because it's mm -hmm. it's 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 what because what it's doing is it's maintain it's maintaining what uh bell hooks who rest in peace, you know what I'm saying, coined as plantation patriarchy, mm -hmm. right? Your blackness is whiteness in blackface. It's it's black men, it's the traditional heteronormative, uh cisgender black male dictating what blackness looks like the same way the uh cisgender white man dictates what society looks like exactly. you know what I mean and so any 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 form of that replication anything that we're doing that's represented or reflected in, in how white men dictate society is a manifestation of anti-blackness absolutely so it, a, and one of my favorite words is a microcosm right a smaller version or a smaller iteration of a larger phenomenon Right. I mean, and, and it's just a question of how those larger phenomena dictate how we engage each other in a personally. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it's like, it, 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 and I think, you know, people try to cover it up and be like, well, you know, I don't really care what you do in your bedroom, but when it comes to what black people, how, like, how are you separating? It's, it's still black people in that bedroom. It's still yeah. black people engaging in those acts. Right. So, like, you as a, as a cisgender individual are separating them from their blackness. Yeah. You're denying them their blackness because of how you view their sexuality, and it's which the is something that is anti-black. It's the same black people in that bedroom that's then showing up. And they're not just showing up to your jobs and they're not just showing up in the places that you work or that you play. They're showing up to fight for you and with you a lot of the time. Right. That's the gotcha. The same people that you criticize and oh, that shit just don't got job with what black people should be doing is the same ones that front lines protesting, fighting, organizing. Right. Not right. giving the system hell. And also, just living amongst you are in your daily life. Is your cousin, is your auntie, is whoever to you, right? But you have a problem with that component of their life. And so that, that should problematize your politics some, for sure. And, and, and even when it comes from, like, this idea of feminism, right? The way that, the way that, black, the, way that the black men that criticize feminism, 
the way that they interpolate white feminism on the black women that talk about particular things, like Come that's on. another form of anti-blackness. That's that patriarchal anti-blackness. Let's because black black women, if you ain't read the Comahe River Collective, don't talk to me about black feminism. Yeah. Like if, if you're if you're regurgitating white feminist talking points to say this is what's wrong with black women, you have no idea what's going on in, in the minds of black women. Yeah. Because the, and what's crazy, the Comahe River Collective has a like black feminism has a very specific critique of mm-hmm. white feminists. Absolutely. Right. They say straight up the the, the distinction that we have or one of the main distinctions that we uh, I'm sorry. I, I just yeah, I mean, they, like this no, is something I, that. No, I'm laughing only because I agree. Like, black feminism is birthed from, I'm sick of you niggas and I don't fuck with you hoes. Right? <laughs> like, so. So, so these, these, are, these are women who, who were a part of help building Black Panthers and Black nationalist movements. But then at the same time, was looking at white feminists and like the shit that y'all on, it don't, that don't work for us. That like ain't that. how I play like, it out at my home. Right. And they specifically say, and this is what, this is what messed me up about the criticism of Black feminists being running Black Lives Matter. They specifically say the distinction that they make between themselves and white feminists is the relationship they have with their men and their children. Come on, yo. So you can't say black women that are running with a feminist that detach are running with a feminism that detaches them from black communities. But ask a black man, as soon as you call yourself a feminist, that's your problem. You take these issues that these white women got with their man and these white women got in the world, and you bring it into our home and our relationship and throw off the whole dynamic of how we function and how we move as a unit. And that's the reason, like, bruh, that is first wave white feminism that you got that got passed down generation to you is a bad explanation of what feminism is y'all just been playing the game of telephone you know how to play telephone where you start and you get the you get the message but by the mm-hmm. time you tell somebody listen you can you gotta whisper it right and then you whisper it to the person and by the time it gets to you or to the it's end of the line, it's completely different from how right. it started out and now it's just a, re- a reliving of the worst game of telephone ever where nobody really had even from the beginning a proper understanding of how feminism works and how it works in the favor in large parts of black communities writ large. I will go as far as to say that the black feminist agenda is the best agenda for black people. Yeah. Because not only are black feminists at the forefront of protests that have to do with the death of black men, they're also saying, hey, let's not forget about these queer black folks. Let's not forget about let's let's use in, like language that's inclusive for black people that include all of our forms of blackness. Yeah, if you what are y'all? Have... My bad. No, nah, I'm like I'm it, it because the thing about it is it's like what 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 messes me up because I feel the same way about the word nigga. Right, mm-hmm. black people are routinely denied the ability to define these phenomena for themselves and True. create meanings for these things for themselves. When we talk about a black agenda, our issue should not be that we aren't that our the way that power is reflected in our community looks like that the, that of the white man's. Yeah, our issue should not be that I, as a black man, can't do and be and behave and treat other people the way that white men treat people. That can't be an attachment to our agenda. That's a terrible metric. You feel me? Our our agenda can't be situated around representing politics that we know we ain't even included in. Whiteness don't include (laughs) black men in their perspective of men. Yeah. They don't cons- they don't include black men when they think of that masculine that that pure masculinity. Our shit is is is, is more animalistic. Yes. We're beasts. Our masculinity is that of a beast. Yeah. Savage. Not a, you, know, you sat exactly. Yeah. So so 
when we're having a conversation about what it is that we're trying to accomplish and, and people pointing out, oh, well, black women are, are focusing on feminism and they doing these things. If niggas really sat down and, and, and understood what black feminists want and what they represented and what they stood for, they would understand that, hey, this is the best approach that we had. But because they want to maintain heteronormativity, they want to maintain certain forms of patriarchy, they want to maintain certain uh, perspectives of masculinity that have been denied to them, mm-hmm. right? Then they turn a setting an agenda and understanding what's important into making sure it looked like what they think blackness should look like, dismissing and denying other people. So this is what I, I want to ask this question in that regard, right? Because when you don't have a knowledge of first, second, third wave feminism, when you haven't read the Kimbahi River Collective, when you don't know who Audre Lorde is, when you don't know who Bell Hooks is, when you don't know who Brittany Cooper is, right? You set yourself behind um, Feminist to Jones, so many different people. Say, Patricia Hill Collins, um, I, I mean, uh, 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 Kimberly Crenshaw, we can keep going, like, so you know what I mean, we, we find ourselves then, I think. Right, a lot of people are saying you're not reading from the right sections of the library. You're not pulling from the right schools of thought to even create a solid black agenda, which is, I think, why Donald Trump clearly got shouted down. Because, nigga, what do you know about what black people want, need, and who have you consulted with to make that plan? But also, even Ice Cube, like, hold on, bro, what brand of you know black agendas are you setting? And so, I guess the question becomes: Is black agenda setting or organizing something we should intentionally be doing this election cycle? Like we tried that last election cycle and it seemed like both versions of specific plans for black people got shot down for a litany of reasons. And so is that something that we need to be gearing up and doing like this conference is coming up? Should we be seeking opportunities in moments like this? Like it's forming a black agenda, the approach and strategy saying, hey, Capitol Hill, legislators, policymakers, presidential candidates. This is what we want. Should that be our approach again or? Was that not successful based on what we saw from Trump and from Ice Cube? I would so so I would say it should be it should be our approach. Okay. It should it should be our approach. Um, but I think it's it's few things that are like true nationally, like that's just very spent like across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Like policing is always something that that we hang our hat on. Um uh, just prison, like the crime, the criminal justice system, the, the war on drugs, all of, everything associated with that, usually gets wrapped up into into how we look at black issues. Um, but I feel like that is is such a local issue. Like policing is in in a, in a federalist society, in a society dictated on federalism, governments dictated on federalism. Policing is uniquely something that's local, right? So, like even us looking to Capitol Hill to do something about policing in local communities. We set ourselves up for failure because they're going to give us the talking points we want, but they don't have the capacity to make the changes that we want to see. There's just some jurisdictional so, barriers to it. It sounds like right. So, like if if we're saying like that's that like I have that locally, all these a bunch of independent groups of people, you know what I'm saying, making that demand locally. But I think one thing that 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 should be extremely important, um, and and this is something that we started, with, and I feel like we're gonna talk about this all year because I cannot wait until the twenty until 2024. And I'm mm-hmm. telling y'all that everything that we've been talking about on the chop up, I told y'all this was about to happen. But the new landscape for the culture war for conservatives is education. Yeah. Like it, it, it's been the police before. That's it's been battleground for yeah, sure. Yeah, queerness before. Right now, it's education. So the pushback against critical race theory, the pushback against wokeness is a fight for, uh, for the minds of black people and, and what we and, and how our children in public education is educated on. The history of their people, yeah. right? It's and, and the thing that we have to recognize is that 
um, across the country, school boards are 70% white nationwide. Mm -hmm. That means that that means that ultimately white people are are, are sitting uh, like are, are dictating the way our public schools are functioning. You feel me? We can have conversations about charter schools, but it's so many black kids that get filtered through public schools. Like like what you see in Houston, the Houston Independent School District has been taken over by conservatives. Right. Yeah, and, by and, Governor Greg Abbott, the one of the two worst conservative in, in this country. I mean, you call him, call him, De, call him DeSantis Jr. Everything that Ron DeSantis does, Greg Abbott attempts to replicate. And exactly. so when you have when when you have these people that are that are straight up like, hey, like like nah, like we about we we are about to try to make it illegal to teach children about things like racism, to teach children things about queerness and, and about identity, right? Like that that's how you know it's like all right, 70% white folk, 70 plus percent white folk yeah. on school boards across the country. I, all right, yeah, we we and already behind. You know, that's one thing, and that's why I mean I agree insofar as we have to meet them where they taking up the 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 like the battle at, the right? Space, yeah. I think if I could give conservatives any credit for anything, it is the ability to make palpable the values, the ethics, the morals, the beliefs that mm. they as a political party hold. They take the intangibles and they make it very real for you. They materialize barriers, uh, shifts, changes, amendments, repeals, like all that shit like determines people's real day-to-day -day lives, right? It's not just a bunch of conversations. It's not just a bunch of rally cries. It's not just a bunch of messed up speaking points. They are like, they translate it into actual material action that affects realized people. And so if the landscape is education and yes, right, then like black education, like I think um, that the, the black, uh, the, the black agenda conference is going to be dealing with or having conversations about the school to prison pipeline, which we already know, is um, an incessant issue that has been talking about for at least the last two and a half, three decades, right? Since the 90s and 2000s, when we started to see various truancy laws, the dilapidations of certain districts, then creating mm -hmm. certain conditions for poor conditions for students to learn in, including their criminalization, right? A lot of weird things have happened over the last few decades in that regard. But um, I think like even that, right? Those are separate issues, right? We talk about the school to prison pipeline. We want to take up that battle, but I think if we're going to make some agenda setting and have these meetings, like they meet us <laughs> maybe at the black agenda conference to be like, let's focus on the conservative attack on education real quick, because I don't think that'll be in, in, in 2023. This is what I'm thinking. Like I want to have political agenda making, but I think it has to be led by people who are, have the political prowess and the political, we can't just be like activists made mad and angry about shit happening in the streets. Mm -hmm. That's important too. Right. We need to be talking about the way that criminalization happens on a bunch of different ways. The school to prison pipeline happens. Uh, lack of access to money and resources and shit like all of that's important. But also the people at these conferences, we need to have political analysts there. Right. Mm -hmm. People like LBS. Right. Leaders of a beautiful struggle organization out of Baltimore. Some of, you know, the, the folks we call brothers, you know, what I'm saying work specifically in political think tanks in uh, the state of Maryland to make sure that like child jail jails and prisons. uh that their kids are not being built, right? And taking tax dollars in order to do those things. That they're making sure that the infrastructure and the conversations about curriculum and curriculum development are things that they care about and think about in terms of black children. Those are the types of conversations we need at these conferences. I just want to swinging at some of the same issues that we've had for generations. Now the conversation has to shift to 
how do we take these same grievances and issues and put what they're doing under a microscope to find the overlays so we can make sure that we work in smarter and not just kind of bounding, you know, pounding our chest and being upset yeah. about the same shit we've always been upset about that they don't give a shit about changing in a meaningful material way already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I, th- I think we we just got to be okay with other, like with other blackness not looking like our shit. Yeah. Like even even outside of like the institutional shit, like I think I think we we have to recognize that when we say black agenda, we're erasing gay black people. Uh, like when we say black agenda versus gay agenda, it's 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 a, it's a straight erasure. That's that's yeah. what's happening. You know what I mean? When when we talk about oh, it's the feminist agenda versus the black agenda, you you erasing black women. You know what I mean? And so I it we have to have a way to be like even if there's this uh, like you know whatever uncomfortability. You know what I mean? Like with like when it comes to uh, queerness and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Like you, there has to be a understanding that when. They not when they're being harassed by the police, it ain't because of their queerness. When they get pulled over, the the uh the cop don't know if they gay or not. Exactly. Don't know if they trans or not, right? It, and it's only exacerbated when they find out. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? So it's it's one of them things where it's like black, like black people, you gotta let other people be black people. I like I could care less, and that goes for like black conservatives are still black people. Absolutely. Right, they they they're black people who shoot themselves in the foot. They're black people who whose politics are destructive and detrimental to black people. But shit, that's more of some karma that they gonna have to deal with when that same system that they cut for and that they kiss ass for end up. You, know you, see saying, how been doing you see how they've been doing? Uh, they did Herman Cain when he died. When they how they did Diamond when she died. Bro, they don't care about y'all. They gonna chew you up and spit you out when you're in the Herschel Walker. When last time we heard his name? Yeah, he took that L and went on about his bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you 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 end up making a bed and lying in it eventually if that's the route you choose. But I guess I want to start to narrow this conversation a little bit and bring it home by talking a bit. Shout out to Karia. Uh, the introvert who is usually in the comments tapped in with us might listen to it later, but is always thinking about the chop up show so much so that they dropped a comment um, on one of the vids talking about reparations, right? We know reparations mm-hmm. to be one of the easiest places that some people might say, all right, the only thing on black agenda should be shit, getting back what we are owed. Like all of this rest, the rest of this, they might, they probably not going to do it. They're not going to make no specific policies for us. Remember Obama had to be everybody's president, not a black president, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we keep hearing is that there's no way for the system to refine itself in a way that targets the needs of black people. So instead, scrape their whole model, reparations for everybody. The city of San Francisco has recently been in the front of the conversation about that. Right. Um, And that's because I think about a week or two ago and plug can pull up the article uh, from the NBC Bay Area News. uh, But uh, uh, about two weeks ago, there was an introduction of this idea that the San Francisco NAACP um, or actually rather the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee in San Francisco made the projection and talked about reparations to the sum of $5 million being paid to individual black uh, residents of San Francisco, right? Reparations in the amount of $5 million we pay to representatives in San Francisco. Now, what's interesting about this plan of $5 million payments for reparations is that one of the most historic black organizations, right? One of the most legendary agenda setting organizations in the NAACP looked at that and was like, 
nah. <laughs> right? So uh, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People looked at the opportunity to give Black people $5 million apiece in San Francisco and said that's not a thing. And I want to talk a little bit more about the specific statements being made about this. While the plug pulls it up, I'll start reading um, and telling you, I want to give you some context for the criticisms that are being made. Led by Reverend Amos Brown, the president of San Francisco NAACP and pastor of the Third Baptist Church, said the organization supports the efforts but criticized how the city is handling the draft plan. According to the San Francisco NAACP, the much talked about lump sum of $5 million payments is not likely to be put into action by the city and is therefore giving black residents of San Francisco false hopes. Not one member of that board said we support reparations with cash payments and with a definite plan of how to do it and a timeline of how to do it, said Brown. It continues, a draft of that plan put out by the African-American Reparations Advisory Committee in December currently has over 100 recommendations for how San Francisco can address the legacies of systemic racism in the city. Some of the most notable are a one-time $5 million payment to eligible adults, guaranteed annual, here's another option, guaranteed annual incomes of at least $97,000 a year, and uh, another solution that they are tossing around is $1 homes for African-American families. The organization added that it supports cash payments because the $5 million is an arbitrary number and said that the payment should have public rationale for the dollar amount and the method of how the money will be allocated. Right. So the NAACP comes out and is like, mm, reparations is cute. Definitely an important agenda item, something we should be concerned about. But this $5 million is some shit, <laughs> right? The Reverend even actually in a news clip we saw, it's just like, there's no basis for this number. It is just a very random arbitrary number that some people sitting around in the meeting was like, mm, we should give everybody $5 million. And they ran with it. And so I guess based on what I just read and the feedback about like the inability to rationalize that amount of money or, you know, how are we going to get it from? And I think those are concerns about the skepticism other people will have. You know what I mean? Like, I think what he's trying to say is this is going to cause and stir up some problems. Like, how do you justify giving every black, I'm going to get $5 million? Like, how do you explain that to the Latina family who stays down the street or the white person trying to survive in one of the most expensive cities in the world, right? Like, how do you explain that $5 million to people? So I guess my question to you, Plug, and to the chat, is should we care about how other people feel about these measures and i guess the second part of my question is should be worried should we be worried about other groups uh like losing respect for us or having issues or antagonizing black people should we care what other people think about this the plug you're you're for the people listening at home what is your answer not at all okay. not at all no it should we should we should care none because this is this is the issue right the circumstances of blackness they they're not making it their issue, right? When we're when we're enduring, you know what it is that. But when we're looking at the disparities, it's pointing the finger. Mm. It's it's well, black people suffer those type of disparities because they go to jail. Black people suffer those disparities because they choose to use drugs. They don't have personal responsibility. Like there's all these comments. There's nothing that we can do to get them to understand when the framing of black people has already been situated around criminality. Like we can't get if they were gonna be on our side, the, the ones that's already on our side is like reparations, understood, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't you don't hear you don't hear people protesting Chinese reparations, right? 
There was there actually there was very like you know a lot of a lot of homophobes who were up on game, but there was nobody protesting the gay reparations. Oh, oh yeah, that didn't make a big headline when there were gay fa- there were there were gay couples who were denied a certain marital rights to like uh, or, or, or tax rights. You know what I'm saying? Because they had they were in same sex marriages, they were denied certain rights. So when the government when the federal government recognized it, they cut the checks. They said y'all are owed this money based on what the money y'all couldn't get for how long y'all been married. It wasn't no conversation. It wasn't no conversation. So we know that reparations is a practice. That's not something that's unique to what black people are asking for. The term in and of itself is used to describe when a government is going about making amends for a harm that it represented empowered and empowered. It made the government made it possible. So no, I could care less. Because the, okay. the protest is the protest is a direct representation of what they think black people deserve in the first place. Okay. So the people, you 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 said no, we shouldn't care. The people agree with you, right? Apocalypse. Um let me see. Girl Nettle, I think, said we shouldn't care. Jay Universe. Uh Winter Dragon said no, we shouldn't care. Here's where I think I disagree. Here's where I disagree. <laughs> Because we know this politics shit is chestnut checkers, right? Now, before Kanye did what Kanye does, um, he he had a lot of one-liners, one that will always resonate with niggas who understand how capitalism works, how money flows, and the intersections between being Black and having money. Kanye was simply said, even if you're in a Benz, you're still a nigga in a coupe. And so my issue and my fear with and why I care about how other people are going to feel about shit is that I feel like even those people who feel like reparations are good and necessary will squint their eyes at the $5 million price tag on that. Reason being is I think it will be start. It will, I think the baselessness of it, the lack of calculation or justification for why that number will allow for them to say, I get reparations, but why that much? And the reason why that matters is it'll put black people in a situation where they will experience anti-blackness, but because the government gives you all what you want and welfare always works for you and you get checks cut to you and you give this $5 million, then you shouldn't have grievances and you shouldn't have problems and you shouldn't be able to complain about the very material and palpable ways that you could be disrespected, that you could be excluded, that you could be uh, engaged with, not because of how much money you do or don't have, but because you was a nigga. Right. And so I think that gives, I think the reason why we have to care, I'll punctuate it by saying this, is that it gives non black people, I won't even just say white people, because we know about the select, you know, a lot of people, I'll give you across the diaspora. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of of our brothers and sisters who feel like we get shit spoon fed to us, Mm -hmm. that we, life is a whole lot better than we claim for it to be, and that we are claiming that we're complaining about a whole bunch of nothing. They're going to double down on that shit if we get $5 million. You right. got a lot of Latin day people who say, y'all don't work hard. Y'all don't do shit. All y'all do is complain. We the ones doing the job. We the ones doing this but, and the other. So you all some shit. Right, but, but Tony, so, think about it, though. Listen, think, listen. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. chess Chess means we make this move and we feel mm-hmm. good. Even Girl Nettles, I think, said, shit, I can't hear him if I'm in my mansion. You yeah. got to go get some groceries sometime. Yeah, I may be in a nigga in the coop. You got to come out of that I'm, mansion and go drive your Lamborghini sometime. Look, I may be a nigga in a coop, but I'm that nigga in a coop. Hey, bro, you know that nigga I'm, in a coop. I'm, I'm that, I'm that nigga in an AMG. That's what you mean, saying, bro? 
Look, look, about the ways that people are able to twist and contrive every progressive state we've taken step we've taken in this country is a reason why we should shut the fuck up and be happy and grateful for what we got. It's trash, but that's how, how they gonna kill- do it. That's all Clear. I'm saying. How do you kill a dissad? You in fact, well, that's one way to kill it. <laughs> Take out its uniqueness. True. It's not unique. That shit gonna happen. Nuclear war. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. But I, it, it's so like so because this is what I mean by that. It's not unique in the sense that they say that now, and we getting welfare checks. <laughs> they, they they're telling us that we get spoon fed in the projects, Toya. They say we get spoon fed because they give us wick, but, and and then they make sure that you listen. You got to get drug tested if you on wick. We gonna we gonna come and do inspections. You can't have you. Uh, how many people living in this house? Who doing what? How many kids you have? You been to the you on birth control? You that's that's what comes with being in poverty. So who cares if they like, man, like y'all being spoon fed? Oh, oh, cool. Because at least we are spoon fed this time. At least we are. You know what I mean? We sitting like, because again, I, I, I get I get the concern and I get the beef and I get the pushback. Now, and, and, and there's another part of it that we're going to probably end the conversation on um, when it comes to like people just using like, hey, five or five million for everybody. Like, oh, that's whatever. Right. But in a world, it's like because we're gonna talk about that part next. But in a world where this is something like like it's feasible, and 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 folks is like, hey, five million, like yeah, y'all agree? It's not feasible. I think that's the criticism. Is it's not feasible and it is not realistic. So any kind of doubling down on the idea that this is the route to go, only either a if you satisfy it bleeds vulnerable communities in the like just a really a city that's already hard as shit to live in. And where's the five million dollars gonna come from? They can't just print it, or we're gonna end up in a recession. So it's gonna come from places, areas, pots that is gonna piss people off because you gotta get the money from somewhere. And so I don't know if it should be five million. And this is why I was starting, and I'll end it by saying this: I think there are individuals who will advocate for reparations with a much more precise and probably lower number than five million because they're willing to say, I get reparations with five million dollars. Like I think it's good. Whatever. I, so, I, I just think that create conflict though, Toya, because it's like, wow. nigga, like, because why would you to mean? Be clear, to be clear, I want five million dollars. I want, that, I want it back. Thank you. I want it back. I just don't want it so bad <laughs> that it sets up generations after me receiving it, right? That then allow for them to experience the worst parts of anti-blackness, regardless of the money that they can usually pay themselves. Right? That's some shit you can't get around. You know what I'm saying? What's five million dollars if you can't? If you, it's, it's stories all over, all over about people who want to either buy, sell houses or sell houses, and when they put their name on the market and they make it clear that it's black people, either houses to be sold or houses to be bought, the prices do all types of crazy shit that they don't do when white people are trying to buy those same properties. That's what I'm talking about. That don't get us out of that. In fact, that makes them say, "Shit, you got five million dollars to spend? I'm spend. I'm gonna run that shit through the roof. I'm gonna tax you and then make you prove it." You see what I'm saying? Like, that's where I'm saying we can't necessarily get out of that. The materialization, the chess game of it always means they're going to try to outpace any meaningful gesture for, of us equalizing the playing field. Yeah. And so giving them more ammunition to do that is what makes me reluctant, only because, again, they doing it to us now in Section 8. They doing it to us now on welfare. Wait till they find out niggas got five million. Be mad. Be, because look, because look, hey. as much as 
Because okay, okay, because I, 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 before we go, I do want to talk about you know what I'm saying, and I want to like, talk about these options the viability and, and ask who, yeah. what, what, who, what's the best one. So, so that's why I, I just want to say this real quick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it quick, just so we can move on to this next to this next point. Like outside, like outside of, we can talk about all right how it's gonna get done. We can talk about it, mm-hmm. but I think we 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 are it's a, we're fighting an uphill battle when we start putting limits on what we should get based on how other people gonna respond. Because black people getting anything has mm-hmm. always pissed off everybody. You know what I mean? So at, at least that, like, okay, are the Latino people gonna be mad? Sure. Are white people gonna be mad? That the poor white people in the trailer park are they gonna be mad? Sure. But guess what? They was already mad at your black ass <laughs> when you was just working nine to five, not on welfare, right? Because a lot of us not, not getting food stamps because a lot of us ain't. Yeah. And you just paying, you struggling to pay rent and struggling to live your life, and you not getting none of these benefits. You know what I mean? And, and you have to deal with the weight of blackness in this country. Hey, be mad. You was gonna be mad anyway. Go ahead though. I mean, a lot of a lot of great comments, y'all uh, popping off in the chat. So I'm kind of trying to keep up with it. Uh Top He got beat say we have to place ourselves in the same position they place themselves politically. And I think that comment can either agree or disagree with what I'm saying. Well, but I yeah. think it's something that can be conceived and should be perceived as important. Girl Netta says something um, interesting. If you waste your money, that's on you. But at least we close the wage gap between blacks and whites, right? So, yes. I mean, giving black people a, a fighting chance to then take generational wealth and create businesses, to create communities, to create areas. I like, I get that, right? Cleavage is a way for, you know, they, we might fool around with our five million and reinstate segregation on y'all asses. Just like really like have the power to get away to get away. I mean, that would yeah. be amazing, you know, to see. And so I don't, I don't doubt that. I still Niggas start their own country with reparations, bread. About how it plays. Danielle <laughs> says the true welfare queens are billionaires who during a pandemic still managed to manipulate out over a trillion dollars through taxpaying dollars. Give me my money. Give me the bag. Danielle, you preaching right there. I can't even hold you. Marjorie um, Taylor Greene was complaining about uh was was complaining about uh welfare and and, and reparations and entitlements while her millionaire ass was was getting PPP loan money. Yeah, stop playing with me. I think if we get, I I I ain't gonna lie, and this comments like what Nakia said is what kind of strike me, right? Those reparations will ultimately end up in communities that aren't ours. It's already happening. But anyways, run me my money. I think here, I don't know. I'm I'm in I'm into hoops and hurdles in this position because I think if you get your money, you gotta like take a class on like wealth. And it's because that's the biggest criticism is there is not enough financial knowledge. I mean, that's some of the reasons why people say black people don't can't get ahead is that they just don't understand how to spend their money. And it's like, no, nigga, black people can get ahead because they ain't got no generational wealth. That's part of it. But that's not all of it. Like, just you can't save Mm. money you don't have. But I really feel like there ought to be a intentional orientation to if we're closing the gap, as Girl Nettles has suggested, and that we get this one point five million that sets us on a, a correct path that we get educated from us about how to spend our monies. We specifically yeah. rally together to get these black credit unions and black institutions that are looking out for our money and stuff. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Just do things to protect the money a little bit more. Effective, right. Right? right. So, I mean, shout out to Consciously Education's Elevation. So, looking at <laughs> that's my brother, man. I want to ask y'all this question, and this would be the last way that, um, the last thing I have to add to this. Um, and uh, then I'll turn it back over to the plug. But there was a couple of methods. The uh, African-American, what's the name of that organization? Reparations. 
advisory committee, the African-American reparations advisory committee came up with over a hundred recommendations uh, for how to deal with reparations. They said $5 million per eligible adult, right? They said $97,000 a year. I'm assuming for the rest of your natural born life. Um, they said $1 homes for African-American families. And I want to add in the option of free college for black people, for black kids, right? Free college education. And dare I say an elimination of college debt for black people. Okay. That's a hell, yeah. Out of those options, and you can only choose one, which one sounds the best? Which one sounds the best? I'll repeat the options chat. We need y'all to go up real quick and talk about um, which one y'all think is the best. But in terms of reparations, what's better? $5 million per eligible adult, $97,000 a year for the rest of your life, one, $1 homes for Black Americans, free college, and or, I say or, the elimination of student debt for all Black students in this country. Okay? I s- Girl Nettle said $1 homes. I'm going to say it one more time because I know there's a lag, but why y'all thinking, why y'all talking just so that you can be massaging in your head and picturing it, this bag of money versus this bag of money versus this. I'm going to say it one more time and then plug you, let us know. $5 million per eligible adult. $97,000 a year until you die. $1 homes uh, for black people. Free college for future generations. So black kids go to college for free for the rest of their life. Or the removal of full student loans and student loan debt for black people. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the 97, the 97K a year. 97K a year. Yeah, 97K a year. Keep, keep niggas to be straight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas to be straight. Like that's like that. I mean, now there was a recent report that came out that kind of broke down how like 100K it depreciates in different places. Like 100K in New York is like 36K. Yeah, like that because of like cost of living. What's crazy is Long Beach was on that bitch. Huh. Long, Long Beach was like top five depreciation. I believe of a hundred uh, of a hundred K. I believe I, had, I, I I didn't see that life. I didn't see that life. I loved Long Beach. Like I, I live and die by Long Beach. I tell yeah. you to this I mean, day. Long my Beach. cities around here, but you know what I'm saying? But but I but the but I would have to say I would have to say 97k because I think um and call it the socialist in me, call it the leftist in me. I'm I'm cool with. I, th- I think a universal income is mm-hmm. is important in a social in a, in a capitalist society, right? Because because people shouldn't people shouldn't die because they can't afford to exist. Yeah, and I still think that doesn't undermine innovation and competition, right? We right, still at all. we know that that's a myth. Exactly right. With a basic universal income, everybody's good. If you want to be better than good, if you really want to be out here, probably like shit, we can still sell you our things. You can still want to desire this elevated lifestyle. You just can know that you can go home and just not have a Nintendo Switch. You can just go yeah. home and just not drive a Tesla, but you can still go to work. You can still yeah. have a roof over your head. Like that's cool. Right. And so and, people- still, and still and still have like a and still have like a base level. Now, mm-hmm. real I, I want to push back against the one dollar homes though. What I think, and I think how that could be the most detri- de- detrimental one. Because what ends up happening is people pay a dollar for them homes. But then that gives them the ability to get things like mortgages, mm. right? Like to get loans on their $1 home, right? Mm. Which is up, which could possibly end up putting them in a type of debt to where even though they paid a dollar for that house, the, the debt that they created, they made it to where the bank ended up taking that house. And now the bank selling that house for 30,000. Mm. See what I'm saying? 
So it's like it's it, like those those cash, cash money, fiat like currency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that shit, like a, a consistent supply of, of of cash money that those liquid asset, uh, uh, assets, like keeps niggas like I I can get food. You know what I'm saying? I can I can uh you know get to where I need to go. I can get to where I need to be. Right? I can pay rent. Make it 97k. You can you can pay rent somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Ronaldo said, I'm gonna buy a thousand homes. I like it, <laughs> but we also we can't. I don't know. I think an issue there, I don't know. It would be interesting to see because we don't want to replicate the issues in the housing market where a whole bunch of people own shit and then we're not making it available to the right. homeless, which are is a huge, you know, money sucked out of our society. That then also we pay for as taxpayers and stuff like that. So you don't want to take a whole bunch of houses and take them away from people who could be in them, even just because they're not black, and then create mm-hmm. a world where we are also allowing the systemic violence of homelessness. We pay for that as a society, as a public. We pay for homeless people who are on the streets and different services that are provided, drug mm-hmm. prevention, this shelter that like we pay that for that money, right? So mm-hmm. I think that'll be something even even when they even when they get locked up, when they go to all of it. Metal, mm. med- medical care, all of that, right? Mm. When they pass away and they have to be buried, those are all um, costs that fall on the average taxpayer. So things to consider. A couple other people, Winter Dragon says, I think that's a low ball. College should be free for all. I like the elimination of student debt, but I think that should be a plus in my opinion. And that's what I was kind of trying to decide is whether or not the free education plus the reduction of student debt should be together or if they should be separate, but it should be a package deal, right? Uh, Siobhan said, let me get that 97K. Apocalypse Meow said 97K and that's inheritable. Uh, Jay Universe said, damn, them dollar homes and free education is a hard choice to choose between. And I agree. Um, let me see. Uh, let's see. T, uh, T-A, Ty P got beat says they would just raise the taxes and we would need to need knowledge to maintain those homes. And I think that's an you important still got to pay property tax. Yep. That's the reason why I'm not rushing to buy no house. I just call the people to come fix it, come right. do it, come, and then I'll just get the rented space that I prefer. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, Donnell says, I'm trying to get us to do away with the either or mentality and embrace the world of both. And I want annual money, free college, cancel student debt, and, home, and, healthcare, and, all of it. And, yeah. Listen, and bargaining from that, right? Creating more leverage and the ability to make more demands based on that. And I ain't mad at you, Donnell, mm-hmm. at all. Uh, Jay University, I'm going with the monthly payments. I think I'm, I, let me look at my list. Yeah. What was the monthly payment? It was like $10,000 a month? No, there was no nightly. There were yearly payments. $97,000 a year. So not the monthly payments, but agreeing with you about the ninety-seven. dollars But they they would probably bust it down over over a month. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not doing all that math right now. Let me see. Uh, I can can divide 97 by 12 for you real quick. Let me see what the vibe is with that. Um, Yeah. Even... Yes, a girl Neto said we have evolved to a place where we need universal income. Our whole lives are run by computers. We're not hunter gatherers anymore or medieval people dying from the plague. Hey, right. $8,000 a month is what that math comes down to. That's a good ass job. I, I can't be mad at that. Um, I might take the five M's just because I think I can flip it faster, but that's just me. Uh, <laughs> being like, I want to make some multi million. You, you and said, every nigga. I'm making multi multi million dollar deals for my iPhone, right? I want that to be me. Either way. So, but yeah. so the last thing, the last thing I want to say on it though, um, before you close it out, is 
the, the thing that I think we need to be the most concerned about, and I and this is what the um, NAACP was expressing uh, when they were talking about their frustration with the plan, is just that people people end up using and taking the things like these these talking points that are important to us, like like reparations, mm-hmm. and using it for like political capital and political fodder, but actually not doing anything with it or doing anything about it. So like not having a plan, but promising five people five million dollars. If anybody else did that, that would be considered a scam. Mm-hmm. If a nigga was like, man, I'm about to pay all y'all five million. Like, cool, how you gonna do it? Watch this. I'm gonna figure it out. All right, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, that yeah. that would be the response. And so I think the danger, especially when we're dealing with things politically, is like like what I was talking about earlier. They end up attaching themselves to our, what we care about and what matters. And and even people pushing rep, uh, uh, reparations end up becoming controlled opposition. Mm. You feel me? It's, and it's like they're getting us on the, on board politically without a clear view of how we're going to be able to get what it is that we're asking for. So after we do what they want for us or, or we do what they want us to do, like get them, put them in positions of power, what we want in the long run end up being, well, you can settle for this. This is this is what you'll settle with. They got 100% of what they wanted, but because they just ran with our talking points, we end up having to settle for a fraction of right. what of what ended up being promised to us, so we always got to be careful, and that's what the NAACP is pointing out. Is like, listen, you can tell us what you tell you can tell us what you want to do all day. You can sell us a dream all day if you don't got a business plan, if you ain't got paperwork yeah. to tell us what this is gonna look like. Yo, come back next time. Yeah, and I think you know there's a phrase we use to describe this uh, the criticism of of these types of politics, and that's cruel optimism, right? Where you tantalize and kind of intrigue and captivate the attention of an audience without the real ability to satisfy that. So you make them cruelly optimistic about what's possible, not realizing or exploring the ways that the system is just probably not going to allow for that to happen, right? We don't want to be pessimistic. We don't want to go to a place where we feel like there is no hope, right? We want to go to the systems and the power that be with our hand out and say, put some shit right there. But a lot of people get their hands in their pockets because they're not really willing to believe that the state is ever going to put itself in a, in a position to to deal with the, the the black people that exist under its tutelage and under its guidance um, in the right ways. And so, you know, I think the, the, the reverend is keeping it real with his criticism of reparations. And I think as we continue to black agenda set and figure out I'm happy people are pushing these conversations, just don't play with us. You know what I mean? Give us real answers. Give us real leadership. Give us real direction. And legitimate conversation. Legitimate conversation. And... Mm-hmm engage with us in a, in a real way with in terms of black people in terms of black queer folks in terms of black women in terms of black disabled people um in terms of black immigrants right we don't talk a whole lot about black folk and the lives that they live once they come over inside of this country and the way that the immigration conversation solely focuses on the experiences of one particular part of that demographic and then takes a very clear diaspora of latin a people and narrows them down to mexicans right let's also get into that so it's a lot of complexities a lot of issues, and we just want you to show and prove. I think, if anything, that's where it goes. Shout out to Kevin in the comments. Pull it up on us, man. It's been a long time, but we always love to see you around. Girl Nato says, just kidding. Give me the five million. I want my whole life to change overnight. Me too. That's what I'm saying. Like, just instantaneous. And I'll put the money in the right place. Two, 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 2.5 million going we sticking that anyway. And then we're going to see. Hey, I, look, I, just want, I just want to be able to not give a fuck about nothing for a week. <laughs> a week? Like, just for a week. It's not even for five million dollars. 
Yeah. Uh, like five, five million dollars is I'm t- like people forget the value of just like alleviating stress in your life, and money can create more stress. So if I could just take take a little ch- like take a little nice little, little, little week, piece though? of that, just take a week off, like not have to worry about shit for a week. What you mean? That's not like I'm, I'm all I'm doing. All I- <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm like a week. I, like I have, I have a child. I got a child, so oh, don't know nothing yeah. about that. Me and this little dog, yeah. I feed that thing twice a day. We good to go, baby. We go yeah. play. We yeah. squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. And then, so so when I say when I say a week, I'm saying to myself. <laughs> and so okay. and, and that's a lot to ask a, a week to myself. Thing. Yeah, with a wife and a kid. Yeah, that's a whole that's a lot to ask. Yeah, but if they but if we got five million dollars, they cool. They they can let me go for a week. That'd be all right. <laughs> Period. Well, yeah, again, yeah. shout out to um Kari, the, the introvert, uh part of the top of fam, big part of top nation that's in the mix with us for even dropping that suggestions. Do what he did. Make sure you're letting us know if you got things we want to talk about. We can't guarantee we'll talk about it, but if we can integrate some things into the conversation and get there, we definitely gonna do it. He dropped it in the YouTube comments. You could do the same uh of a video. You can also jump on the Instagram at the chop up show at the chop up show, leave a DM. Let us know if stuff is going on, we want to know about it. If we can, we're gonna tap into it. And slide into it and have a good conversation about it. Uh, it's big love to y'all. We've talked Trump. We've talked Black agenda making. We've talked specifically about reparations. Plug, any final words we got to say to the people before we done with them for tonight? Um, Another element that y'all definitely, um, if you don't know, just to put y'all on game, like we we have uh, the spirit of debaters. Kevin, you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so... When y'all hear people, when y'all hear people talking reckless, when y'all hear people saying dumb shit, it's it's just it's like it's like Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Call the chop up. If niggas just on some like, hey, plug, look at this dumb ass shit. Call the chop up. You know what I'm saying? Call the chop up. If y'all hear if, if y'all see blatant examples of racial illiteracy on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, call the chop up. We will be happy to put them in their place. Yeah. Easy. Easy. So you know, why they on that nonsense. Exactly. Um, subscribe to the Chop Up Show on Instagram. Subscribe to the chop uh the chop up pod, the chop up show pod. Chop up show pod at chop up show pod on at chop up show pod on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh at the political plug on TikTok, at the political plug on Instagram, uh the chop up on Facebook. Don't forget. Uh, let's have we, we want to communicate with y'all more outside of just doing these shows, you know what I mean? So, y'all make sure y'all stay connected, stay tuned. Uh, we got we got a lot more in store. Yay. We should have an interview next week. We should have an interview next week. Um, my uh, I have I, I I save it, I save it. We should have an interview next week to cap off Women's History Month by having a phenomenal woman in this thing. That part, so hey, we keep, a phenomenal woman. we keep a phenomenal woman. We're going to add another phenomenal woman to, you know what I'm saying, to, to top off uh, Women's History Month. That's so. it. On your way out, hit a like, hit a love, hit a share. Jump in the comments. Let people know y'all love the show. We love y'all. Can't wait to see you next Thursday. Until then, plug, take us out. We'll see y'all. Peace.